Hey guys, we're back. We're doing another fringy morsel for you this week. I'm Rick. I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And we are the That's So Fringy podcast team. Um, We're bringing these midweek things to you just to help us to dig into the current events that are going on all around us and to be able to use our discernment and use the Bible uh, to really look at the things that are going on around us and to help give context to, you know, what we might be seeing, some significant events that we believe are happening in the world. Before we get into uh, the news, we had some kind of heartbreaking news that uh, happened this week. Uh, Dr. Michael Heiser, uh, the gentleman that we were speaking about on our Who Are They Part 1 episode, uh, who is a researcher, historian, and biblical scholar, he passed away this last week. And um, we're so conflicted on this because in one way it is hard, you know, to lose somebody that you have been following. You know, I've I've read several of his books. Kristen's read his books. Bethany's read his books. You know, we're we're watching him on YouTube. We're hearing him on podcasts and he's really shaping and forming the way that we see the Bible now coming alive in such an interesting way. And so you know, we're, we have mixed emotions because we're on this side of heaven and we feel sorrow because, you know, we've lost somebody that we've come to know as uh, almost, and he probably wouldn't like this, but almost a, a guru, <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm. in our faith, someone that we know is humble and um, well-read. I mean, this guy knew the original context. He knew the Hebrew. And for us, you know, we're all about solo scriptura. The Bible is true and it is the word of God. And he was able to bring it to us in a way that was, um, that was the original language, the original context. And this is what we loved about him so much. Well, um, he just answered so many questions of stuff that, you know, passages that didn't really make any sense. And he was able to you know, really dumb them down for us. And, and he was, you know, kind of like, you're overthinking it. Just think of it this way. And it just, he made it make sense. Mm -hmm. Definitely made it make sense and made it more alive, you know, Mm -hmm. this revolving cycle of, yeah, I read my Bible, but are you really reading your Bible and, and understanding what it's talking about? Cause it's a totally supernatural book. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, his book, Unseen Realm. I mean, if you guys haven't read, this should be required reading in every church. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to say that he's Messiah or anything like that. Like, let's be clear, he's just a man, but he is also from everything that I've heard of him, um, everything that I've heard from him directly, he is just a humble man and he understood his place. And he even said, I didn't put, I didn't come up with this stuff. Mm. You know, I was just, I just compiled it and I'm just explaining it the best way that I know how. 
and which just happened to be with his personality, a way that really resonates with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So with that, I they put out a message, um, you know, his family, and which we wanted to send our prayers and thoughts and out to the family, the Heiser family. You know, his life's work is where he is now, the unseen realm, mm-hmm. you know, and and so we have to be joyous for that, you know, and I think his family is, is, you know, probably going through it right now and it's got to be hard, but it's also, it's a joyous occasion really, you know, to, for one to be, uh, you know, he's now Heiser 2.0, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So he put out, or, or like you said, his family put out a thing. Um, I think it was on Twitter, and it was on the 20, 21st or 22nd of January. I can't remember, but it, it says, Dear friends and ministry colleagues, I wanted to post a short summary of where my cancer diagnosis has brought me. The short version is that I am at the end of the road in the late stage four cancer of a very aggressive pancreatic cancer. Nothing to date has reversed the tumor status. It has now invaded the upper GI and stomach areas, causing slow, uncontrollable bleeding. No one on, the me- on my medical team has a solution or knows of one. During the latest endoscopy, an effort was made to cauterize as many of the bleeding points as possible to at least slow the bleeding. In essence, I am bleeding out at a slow rate with no solution. I am presently not in pain, but I'm very weak, a condition that will worsen until I am gone. Since there are no further treatment options available to us, we have chosen to spend my remaining time at home. We're guessing... This means that I'll live anywhere from a week to several weeks. I know this news is depressing, but you should all know I will die happy to have served the Lord and you all in the ways that I have. God has been very good to us, gifting me with in discernible ways, and I think just as importantly, given me heart for the lay community, all of you. I desired nothing more than to empower all of you to study scripture more deeply and to unlock the Bible for you in ways inaccessible to all but scholars. This brought me a special joy. Let's learn. Let's turn to the future. As you all know, when I pass, I will join the family of God and his council, to which all of us as believers presently belong to, but are not yet in its fullness. This is what awaits me, and I am glad. We will see each other in the future in unimaginably glorious ways. Until then, I have great hope and earnest expectation that all of you will contribute or continue to contribute to my ministry. Thousands of you have expressed how, how my work and content has changed your lives. I believe you, as my own experience described briefly in the Unseen Realm, was equally life-altering in my own case. My view of scripture and purpose in ministry was never the same after encountering and processing the Divine Council, Council worldview and Deuteronomy 32 worldviews. Thousands of you have also expressed the desire to help further this content ministry or movement, as some have referred to. Now is the time. It is time for you all to think not about content you will receive from me, but when you can do, but what you can do to make sure other people discover the content that changed your life and outlook on Scripture. If you contribute to any of the following, um, he's got a couple podcasts, the Naked Bible Podcast, um, the Dr. Michael S. Heiser Community, continue to contribute. Great amounts of content now now depend directly on your continued 
support. So please take a long look at, at my ministry and share it with others. All of these I have begun in some ways are crucial to keep my content live and free online for others to discover and pass on because I can no longer do that. I've spent years in service to you, so now it is time for you to do the same with others. I die with the belief that you will, like I did, take the long look of being a blessing to others to help them rediscover their Bible for the first time and to embrace the gospel as believing loyalty. Please be a part of what is now taking shape for the glory of the kingdom. I'll be greatly blessed by you all. Wow. Thanks for reading that, Bethany. You know, that's it's rough because, you know, we, you've been following the guy for so long. You've been reading his books. You come to know him, his voice on the podcasts or his videos, and uh, it brings a tear to your eye just, you know, just hearing his words, knowing that he's, he's done. But I think the encouraging part is that the very reason that, you know, we are doing this podcast is because we want to get that message out. We want to teach people about um, the lies of our world and the truths of our world, which is where Michael Heiser comes in. You know, he brought a lot of truth to to the Bible and to this community, and uh, he will be greatly missed. So we wanted to just put out that um, message to everyone that maybe hadn't heard. Um, we are sad, but we are happy that he is with the Father, and we know that he, if anyone deserved it, deserves to be in heaven. And we know that he's there enjoying the, the hope that we all are hoping for. So with that, we're going to move forward into the current events that we have. Um, Kristen, why don't you get us started with the first one here. So I was curious if you guys have read anything or know anything about this Abrahamic family house that they built in Abu Dhabi. I think it's, I so did. it's a mosque, a church, and a synagogue all in a complex together. Uh, and they just opened it, I think. It I, was like years in the making, but they just they just recently opened it. So what are your thoughts on having, you know, essentially one building with all those religions in it? I mean, it's shocking to me to say the least, because, well, when I first heard about it, I think it was you that sent me an article from 2019 mm -hmm. or something like that. And I was reading about how the, the Pope went to Abu Dhabi and was meeting with these, uh, the sheik over there, the prince or whatever, who cares what his name is? Um, but they they met with he met with him and was discussing this project and coming together. And I I remember when you sent me that like what this cannot be a real thing. This has to be just a, a fallacy or a joke or something like something's <laughs> up here. And so I decided to look look it up just the other day because it said that the construction of it should be done in 2022. So I was like, well, where's that at today? Like what's going on with it today? It's built people. It was inaugurated February 16th. Yeah. So last week, last week they had their first it prayer. Was inaugurated. Yes. They had like a big prayer over the whole thing. Uh, all faiths came together. So how, what did that prayer look like? 
I mean, what? Yeah. No. I don't even know. Like, how do you, how do you all pray together? It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, just to clarify a little more about this, it's called the Abrahamic family house. You can look this up online. You'll find it pretty Mm -hmm. easily. And it has all these articles about how they just inaugurated it, blah, blah, blah. But what it is, is the Abrahamic or what they're calling the Abrahamic families of faith. So you have the Muslim religion, you have the Christian religion, which would be Catholicism in this case. And then you have the, the Judaism, the, you know, the Jewish people. So those are the three buildings that they have. And then I read that the architect was talking about how the center of it is a garden and that's kind of symptomatic of, of the garden of Eden. So I just, it, I, I can't even, I have to just, I feel like I get most of my exercise these days from shaking my head, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't understand like how, I mean, as Christians, you know, we're not supposed to necessarily shun people of other religions, but we're also supposed to be clear with them that, that there is one God, there is one true God. And that's, I mean, that's, what our whole faith is based on and the other ones are not right. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think it's interesting because if we go back to what we talked about a couple episodes ago and, and what the goal is of they, when we talked about who they are, the goal is mm-hmm. a one world government, a one world religion and I think this is probably a good step in the right direction for them have all mm-hmm. on this one property. They're all facing each other and they all look very similar as far as the structural look of them. Right. It's, yeah. I mean, I guess if you water down each religion enough, you can mix them all together, but we're not called to water down our religion. Yeah. Like that's, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to love everybody and we're supposed to show them the way. Mm-hmm. And the way is Jesus. That's what I, I mean, Christianity is about Jesus coming and dying on a cross and saving us from um, this oppression that was going on. Um, we transfer from the old covenant to the new covenant. So everything in Judaism at that point you know, becomes not necessarily null and void, but, but the past. Mm -hmm. So Jesus didn't want to take away that idea of, of faith because it was deeply rooted in their history and, and God chose them as his, um, his nation, his, it was his own personal nation. So he's not pushing them away. He's bringing in the Gentiles and saying, now we have a global or a flat earth uh, plane uh, <laughs> movement where where all are invited in, but the pathway is narrow because it's through Jesus, because it was Jesus that did that, that made the coming together of the nations possible. And so that then turns into the new covenant, which mm-hmm. is where we're at now. We're in the new covenant. So for for people that don't believe that Jesus was God, the like the Jewish people and the 
people that are in the mosque next to that. How are they all meeting together? And like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Are they just all forgetting about Jesus and kicking him out and saying, we'll just believe, we'll just all call God, God, and then move on from there. Well, that's what the world does. God is whatever you, whatever you want to be, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever, you know, that's why a lot of religions nowadays, we were talking about this in our Bible study last week. They don't use the name Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. They use the term God because God can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but Jesus is a very specific. And in John 14, six, he says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. I mean, that seems pretty clear to me. Yeah. yeah. Like those are words from Jesus's mouth. I am the way, the truth and the life. So if you use God as a general term, that, that to me can be a form of watering it down. You know, you're making it because when you, other people hear God, they might think that it's a snowflake or a rainbow. Like, you know, God can be anything, whatever you want to be. Yep. We talk a lot about rainbows on this podcast. I've realized. We do. (laughs) (laughs) They're a gift from God. It's very interesting that, and the timing of it all seems interesting I don't know. I think I think we're in for a wild ride this year. Yeah, and it's the same thing as, you know, go back to our who are they. That's why we started with those episodes was so that you guys could get a foundation for what we're talking about. Because otherwise, most people would look at this and go, hey, that's kind of cool. I mean, right. that's like we're getting everybody together. We're, out, we're loving everybody. Like, that's great. And, and don't get me wrong. We are called to love everybody, but we're we're also called to be in the world, but not of the world. So I didn't even know that the president of the Pontifical Council for Interreligious Dialogue was even a thing, first of all. <laughs> not only that, but it's a mouthful. And so is the dude's name. So he's a cardinal. Uh, his name is Miguel, but that's about all I can get out of hmm. this. Um, he's in the, so, so Cardinal Miguel, he says, uh, fear is the outcome of a lack of knowledge. So he's referring to this place as a, and this is a quote, a beacon of mutual understanding. And he said that, you know, believers don't need to walk away from their deeply held faith. They can befriend others and visit their houses of worship. Without renouncing different spiritual resources, he said, each has a command to live with brothers and sisters, whatever their religion. Hmm. That's just, I I just can't wrap my head around what are you talking about in there? Are you talking about Jesus? Mm -hmm. Because if you're talking about Jesus, then, you know, that's great. But you can't be. Because nobody agrees on him. Like, he is the rock of offenses. He is the one that upsets the whole world because he is the truth. He is God. He is God revealing himself to the world, whether you like it or not. Like, I I don't, I'm not trying to be aggressive by any means, but this is, this is the truth that Christians hold. And there cannot be a Christian uh, cube, by the way, they're all yep. cubes. 
<laughs> if you know anything about cubes and occultic symbolism, symbolism, that would be interesting fact to maybe mention. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> yeah, go do your research, friends, because we're we're not making this up. This is this is real, and I think mm -hmm. they're talking about doing a second one in Berlin. Was that right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think that they, they're going to start popping up all over because yep. on surface level, it seems great. It seems like it seems like a, a joining of people and it it seems like love and light and beauty and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. And, and you have to look beneath the surface. You have to look at the purpose behind it. And there I mean, there's a lot, a lot more underneath the surface yeah what what's your intentions with this right right and yeah then, so in timothy it says for there is one god and one mediator between god and mankind the man christ jesus and and they don't believe that so how how do we how do we have a one world religion without watering all of them down mm -hmm. and that's the biggest point you just made the biggest point is you can, you just have to water it down. The, the thing that you have, the thing that you have to remove in order to make a one world religion work is Jesus. Cause if you can remove Jesus, then you can make all of these, right. These three Abrahamic religions, you can make them work. Mm -hmm. People have tried. I mean, this, it's not a new thing. So you can make them all work. If you only talk about love, acceptance, um, you know, everybody praying to God, you know, they, they even have them set up in certain ways to where once, you know, the Muslim ones facing Mecca, you know, the Christian ones facing, I believe, East, like they're, they're, they're all set up in a way that favors all of the religions and all they want you to do is just kind of check them out, you know, see if you can all just get along, but you have to remove Jesus, the rock of offense is the only way to God, God incarnate. You have to remove him from the equation in order to have that one world religion. And it, folks, it's coming, man. It's come. It's here. Yeah, it's, it's here, here now. <laughs> Last week, they inaugurated this thing. If you don't know about this, welcome to Fringy Morsels. <laughs> this is the type of stuff that we will bring to you every week because we want you to be informed this stuff is going on. Pull yourself out of your TV. Pull yourself out of your out of everything and pay attention to what's going on around you. Get your smartphone and put it down for a little while and see what comes. Mm -hmm. See what you see in the world around you. Because I'm telling you, it's getting crazy out there. And it's time for us to hold on to the one thing that we know we have. Jesus Christ. Yep, right. And it's making those, you know, small compromises over and over again until you turn around and you're like, whoa, wait, what, where am I at now? But it's making those small compromises over and over and over again. And that's what they've really done over the last probably what, 50 years or so is they've made us make these small compromises. And at some point we have to just go, no, this is wrong. This is, this is not right. Yeah. Yep. And then we'll be called ignorant, but hey, <laughs> I've been called worse things. So I am ignorant. Yeah. We know, you know, by reading, if you've read the Bible, that 
as Christians, we will be persecuted. So we need to prepare and expect that, yes, this may not be fun, but Mm -hmm. we got to stick to our guns and, and tell people about Jesus. (laughs) Don't forget about him. That's really the only thing that we should be focusing on right now because the time is near. I mean, if you are paying attention and you have read your Bible and you've really dug in to prophecy, which is three quarters of the Bible, I mean, is basically prophecy or prophecy being for or uh, fulfilled. Like prophecy is the Bible. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying attention, he's giving you, he being God, he's giving you a roadmap. Yep. I mean, Jesus was perfectly foretold. Some people got it. Some people missed it. It's the same today. He was perfectly foretold. And his second coming, just so you know, has also been perfectly foretold. We just have to figure it out. The roadmap has been laid. Now it's our turn to open our eyes and figure out what he told us. Because John wrote about it. And he, in, in his books after Revelation, 1 John, he's talking about this is the most important thing. This is the most important thing. You have to get this because this day is coming. The vision that I saw, it is coming. Daniel had the same thing. He didn't even understand what his vision was all about, but he knew it was important. He knew it frontwards and backwards, but he didn't know what it meant. He just knew it was for a later time. And so pay attention. Yep. Read the Bible. I'm telling you. And go look it up. The Abrahamic family house. And it it says this undertaking was inspired by the document on human fraternity. Hmm. Go check it out. Yeah. The Pope was there. He's, he's all on board with this. If you follow the Pope, I mean, I'm just going to say this and I'll probably get supposed to be a morsel, Rick. I know. I'm just saying it. This is important. (laughs) If you follow the Pope and you are Catholic and he is the eminence or whatever, he was there to help make this thing start. He was there. Look it up. And if you think that he's a man of God, a holy man that thinks Jesus is the son of God and he is the way to God then you need to rethink what you're putting your allegiance to because you should not be giving your allegiance to a pope that is trying to set up a one-world religion right now. Amen. Preach it. I almost dropped my mic, but I, these are expensive. <laughs> no, don't drop it. Yeah, that's expensive. <laughs> All right, you guys, enough of this. Uh, That was fun. I had a good time. It's fun to do uh, current events. And we're going to bring you lots more. I promise you that. We're going to bring you lots more. There's tons to talk about. I mean, we've got so much rattling around in our heads that we're like, I think we should just put out an episode every day. (laughs) Wow. But it's just not not feasible. (laughs) They're like, can we talk about this? Off off air? Cut. All right, you guys. Well, that is a fringy morsel. You guys have anything else to say? No. No, other than just, you know, it's while we grieve for Michael Heiser not being with us anymore, we don't grieve as the the rest with no hope because we know that he's 
he's in paradise, which is awesome and is awesome for him. But we also need to remember to take up the torch and, and spread the word. You know, I think in my whole life so far, I've not been good at that part of my faith. It's always terrified me. I've never been very good at sharing my faith. And, but you know, when you read his, his, you know, dying words, it's, it's, pretty clear like he was fearless and so that's what that's what we need to do yeah absolutely it's our turn now yep that's right take up the mantle and run that's what we're gonna do so <laughs> all right you guys well i'm rick i'm Kristen. and i'm bethany and we are that so fringy podcast this has been another fringy morsel <laughs> all right you guys have a good one we bye. love you bye, bye. bye.